Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for September 2021. This month, the role of inhibitory receptors in the pathogenesis of oligoarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Juvenile idiopathic arthritis is one of the most common inflammatory joint diseases in children. Previous studies have shown that in the oligoarticular subtype of this disease, T-cells play a central role in pathogenesis. T-cell inhibitory receptors, also known as immune checkpoints, seem to play an important role in the development of tolerance and recognition of self and non-self antigens. Ligands binding to these checkpoint proteins inhibit T-cell function and modulates the course of the immune response. When there's continued antigen exposure, this gradual loss of T-cell effector function has led to these cells being referred to as exhausted. In children with inflammatory disease, such as this subtype of juvenile idiopathic arthritis, little is known of their immunological response to the use of inhibitory receptors. In this episode, we meet Erdel Sarg, a paediatric rheumatologist at Ankara Training and Research Hospital, Turkey. He and his team designed an ex vivo disease model to examine the effects of different co-inhibitory receptors on the pathogenesis of oligoarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Erdel started off by telling me about his career in paediatric rheumatology and how it started in Turkey. Hi, I'm Erdel Saad from Turkey. I had my medical education at Hacettepe University, uh, which is in Ankara, in the capital city of Turkey. When I was doing my paediatric uh, residency, I started to study paediatric rheumatology uh, with the guidance of Professor Cesar Özel. I visited the University of College London, Dr. Lucy Wedderburg's lab, uh, during my pediatric residency, and I visited the Lawrence lab in Denmark, Aarhus, uh, where I did all my uh, researches in the recent paper. Do you have much personal experience in Turkey with juvenile idiopathic arthritis? Do you see this a lot? Juvenile idiopathic arthritis is the most common inflammatory arthritis in childhood. It accounts nearly half of our daily clinic in Turkey. It is not that much uh, severe disease, but if you do not give treatment, uh, may cause the child becomes more restricted or with chronic pain. So it's our primary goal to decrease the burden of the disease, of course, and to improve the uh, child's health. Juvenile idiopathic arthritis, uh, especially the articular uh, subtype, is an autoimmune disease. When a naive T-cell encounter an antigen or enter an inflammatory environment, they turn to functional primary 
memory cells and their capacity to cytokine production is very high in that state. However, if the antigen presentation or the inflammation becomes chronic, these cells begin to run out and the checkpoint proteins work just here. They make the T cells exhausted. Uh, in 2018, two scientists won the Nobel Prize. They blocked this exhaustion step and made these T cells uh, become non-exhausted and make them again uh, proliferative. So they start to fight with the cancer cells again. But with these treatments, they've seen that there are a lot of autoimmune side effects. That's the point we uh, start to think about the uh, pathogenetic mechanisms of these proteins in the autoinflammatory or autoimmune diseases because there should be a link in between cancer and autoimmune diseases. And so tell me about the current study. How did this come about? Uh, when I started my rheumatology fellowship, I have seen a lot of juvenile idiopathic arthritis patients. And uh, in the oligoarticular subtype, we usually drain the inflamed cyanuric fluid from the joints and used to throw them away. But I decided to compare the cyanuric fluid with the peripheral blood of the same child to decide what happens in this microenvironment. So I started to collect cyanuric fluid and at some point I get in touch with Professor Ben Deloran. He is working on the cyanuric fluid in the adult patients also. So we discussed with him and we were trying to find a new pathway, a new molecule. We performed a new uh, ex vivo arthritis model because the current models in the rheumatology field usually mimics the adult rheumatoid arthritis, but it is pretty much different from the childhood disease. The first thing we have done is to show that our model is working and thankfully it worked. So you looked at the plasma and the synovial fluids from your patients, didn't you? Where did you see most activity, first of all, of the um, checkpoint analogues, the inhibitory receptors? The joint, the inflamed joint, is the major site of the inflammation. Uh, we do not see that much inflammation in the peripheral blood, but when we compare the cells and the cytokines in the synovial fluid, we have seen a great increase. So we thought that these uh, cells uh, go to exhaustion phase because there's a chronic inflammation in there. In this synovial microenvironment, the T cells were not totally exhausted. I mean, we can uh, still uh, push them to become more pre-inflammatory. If they are not exhausted, we try to give them checkpoint protein analogs. Essentially, you were trying to study the effects of different inhibitory receptors. Mm -hmm. The idea is that if you give blockers of checkpoint proteins, the T-cells start to aggravate the inflammation because you rescue them from apoptosis. But if you give the analog of these checkpoint proteins, you tell them stop working and you make them exhausted. So they stop working and they block the inflammation. The story was very similar with the CTLA-4 analog, abatacept. Uh, so we decided to move on with LAC3, hopefully for a new therapeutical agent. Uh, we used the cyanobofluid monocular cells. We directly put them to the flasks and grow some fibroblasts. The fibroblasts are really important cells in the pathogenesis of rheumatoid arthritis, actually, but it was not studied well in the juvenile part of idiopathic arthritis. Then we add the same patients' PBMCs or cyanobofluid cells to the fibroblasts, and we co-cultured them. In the end, we found that if you co-culture fibroblasts with the PBMCs or SFMCs, 
they start to uh, aggravate the inflammation. If you grow fibroblasts and PBMCs in a separate uh, wells, uh, you get some inflammation. But if you grow them in the same glass, you get very high inflammation. So the main idea is to lock this inflammation at the checkpoint protein level. Then the idea comes out to block the, their activity with the checkpoint analogs. When we block the checkpoint proteins in our co-cultures, the inflammation goes very high. So we decided that these cells are not totally exhausted and we can still make them much more active. But when we add the analogs of uh, LAC3, uh, we block the inflammation and make the secretion of several cytokines decrease. So LAG3 then is the key checkpoint analog? According to our study, yes, LAG3 is the key checkpoint analog in uh, oligoarticular journalistic arthritis patients. What does that mean then about the potential for using LAG3 as a therapeutic target? If you give LAG3 analog to fibroblast plus T cells, uh, we've seen that we are blocking the inflammation because we hypothesize that we make T cells exhausted. We make them going to the apoptosis or the exhausted phase of the T cells. So in the end, the inflammation goes away. That's our hypothesis, but I mean, we have to prove it in uh, animal models first and then in, in patients, of course. Are there worries that there would be side effects of exhausting T cells? Um, sure, but we are still taking CTLA-4 analog into account. Abatacept is working very safely and it's, it has been proved with the randomized controlled trials in the juvenile hepatic arthritis patients and there were no serious side effects. I don't know how, I don't know why, uh, but I think at some point there is another control mechanism that blocks them to go to cancer, I think. But again, it's really a pilot study, so we, we have to move on with the animal models first. Okay, so is that your next step then, is to move this from ex vivo cultures to some sort of animal model? The first thing we are planning to do is to prove it in a larger cohort with different subtypes of juvenile arthritis. But the next step is will be the animal models. That was Erdel Sag, a paediatric rheumatologist at Ankara Training and Research Hospital, Turkey. And that's it for this month. Please join us again next time for your next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.